from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Wow, we're only like 15 seconds into this podcast and we've already told a lie. We're not really from 87 Lafayette today. We're also kind of from Montclair, New Jersey. Well, I'm at 87 Lafayette. So we're, we're half and half. We're half from 87 Lafayette. But it is true. I did leave the city uh, and went out to New Jersey this morning to get a little respite, um, which I've got to say has been very nice. But I am missing the the little commune that we have back in Brooklyn. Yeah, we, we, we got a good thing going. It won't last forever, but uh, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. So, Adam, tell me, what's what's new, though? What's happened since I left? What are you doing right now? Doing a little dinner prep. Um, let's see what else. The turnip cakes, we ate some more today. Today's been just a lazy day. Catherine's been working pretty hard. Patty chatted with some friends and was doing some work earlier. I've just been reading. Um, I've got some dough that's going to proof overnight. Um, it's kind of been rainy and gross here. Got some semolina flour, though, so hoping to make some pasta tomorrow. But, but truly, no real plans, just trying to stay calm and relax. Mm, that's exciting. That's nice. Well, I see you. We have you on Skype, and I see you snipping beans. Looks like you got some delicious produce today, so I'm excited. I know. These beans are old. We haven't been outside. We wanted to make ice cream, but we don't want to go out today just for an orange. And you, as we discussed yesterday... Your citrus addiction has left us with no oranges. So that's true. I would have said you can use the clementines, but I actually brought the clementines with me to New Jersey uh, to feed my citrus addiction. So I apologize for that. No, no, no. That's right. We might go out tomorrow, but yeah, just calm, quiet day. I'm surprised at how quickly it's gone by. So mm. it must yeah. be nice having. The two most high-strung people in the apartment, out of the apartment, is probably much calmer and much more relaxed. Um, so I'm sure that's been very enjoyable. <laughs> it's, been, it's been very quiet, very calm. So, yeah. All right. So, How about know, Jersey, Ben? Jersey? Was it worth it? You know, it was a little stressful getting out because, um, I, you know, we brought our bikes. We bought our stationary bike trainers. Uh, you know, we brought my computer monitor cause I, I spent most of the day working. Um, and so bringing all that stuff out was a little bit stressful. Um, but you know, as the day's gone on, it is nice to be out here. There's a little more space. There's green. I was able to, as the sun went down, walk outside and just hear nothing but the birds chirping and the leaves rustling. It's very calming to experience nature a little bit in a way that we don't get to in the city. And because I haven't been out of the city in so long, I I haven't experienced in a while. So it's nice. And it's also comforting. You know, I I grew up coming to this house. Uh, My my grandparents have lived here for a really, really long time. Um, And so and by the way, they are not here. They are in Nantucket right now. So I'm not putting anyone at risk. but it, it's comforting to be in a space that feels so, so familiar. I guess it's also nice just like you can walk down the block and you don't, you won't see anyone. Yeah, exactly. 
It was interesting, though. I did have the experience of going to Whole Foods out here this afternoon and, and standing in line, which we actually don't have to do at our local greengrocer. Um, and so that, that was an interesting experience. You pick up any bulk goods to bring back to the city? No, but we can if you want us to. Happy to do that. The produce, yeah, I have I to say, about, is let, really let, good. Let us know when you're on your way back, whatever it's uh, tomorrow or next week. Um, and we'll, we'll give a shout if we need anything that we can't get at, at the Mango Man. Mm. All right, so I'm really excited. I think we should give our guest tonight a call. I'm really excited. Our guest is actually my grandmother, who I call Mamam, who uh, has lived in the house that I'm in for a really long time. And we wanted to give her a call because it felt appropriate. I'm very privileged to be able to use this beautiful house of hers, but also uh, just love talking to my grandma. And she's a, a very interesting lady, and so I'm excited to give her a call. Excellent. Hello. Hey, Mama, and welcome to Coronapod. Well, thank you for inviting me. Oh, my God, of course. Well, you know, you're, you're perhaps our most loyal listener, along with Adam's grandparents, and so it's only appropriate to have you on the show. <laughs> well, the show is wonderful. You guys are doing a spectacular job, really. I look forward every day waking up and listening to you. Well, thank you. Way to start the day. Thank you so much. You said the same thing to me when I was playing the violin out of tune and uh, really terribly. And so it's always good to. It never sounded <laughs> out of tune to me. You were always in tune to me, Matt. Always. <laughs> you know, Mama, you'll be glad to know. As you know, my violin is here in New Jersey. And I think while I'm out here, I may pick it up and try to play again. I actually opened it up today, I think for the first time in nine years. And the bow is a little worse for wear, um, but I think I'm going to give it a try if I can manage to tune it. Here's, here's what I would say, Matt. Rosin can fix all problems, but maybe leave the bow in New Jersey so that, um, you know, hang the violin on the wall at 87 Lafayette, but maybe we don't play it. <laughs> yeah, Adam, don't worry. I'm not bringing the violin back to Brooklyn. I would not put you through that. That would be cruel and unusual. Um, a- anyway, so, Mama, we're really excited to have you on the show. We wanted to call because we're podcasting tonight. Well, at least one of us. I am podcasting from your house in New Jersey and so lucky to be able to use it to get um, to get some fresh air and some space. Um, and so I wanted to interview you to talk a little bit about your life in this house. It's a very unusual house and you've lived here for a very long time. So maybe just tell our listeners a little bit about this house that you've made your, your life in. (laughs) Well, the house is unusual. It's, uh, It's actually a Japanese-style house that was designed uh, to be a Japanese house, and it doesn't have any walls. There's one or two outside walls, but mostly it's all sliding glass. And the beauty of it is that you can be inside and feel that you're outside. Uh, In the night, I can sit in my living room and look at the stars and the moon, in the day, I can see all the deer and the trees, and it's just, it's an extraordinary house to live in. Um, it was unusual to bring up three children in this house. We moved there when your mom was six, maybe, a little girl, and Jeff was 13. 
Uh, he had just been bar mitzvah. Uh, so he loved it because um, his room had a door right to the outside. So he felt like king of the hill. He could go in and out and I would never know. <laughs> uh, and, um, it, well, you know, it's um, it, it's just a wonderful house. It's, it's small and it's like one huge room. There are no inner walls. They're all shoji screens, uh, which are... Can take it, I can take them out, keep them in, and make the first floor just one big room. But it's just been extraordinary living there. I, I liked it in the beginning because I was a real minimalist. You know, I didn't want to have a lot of things. But as you can see now, I've accumulated quite a few things. But um, it was wonderful. And because the children all went to school close by, they could all walk to school, their friends could come by. And... Uh, they always had a lot of great parties. Your mom had wonderful cast parties shifted too after events at uh, Montclair Academy. Um, I think I think you you may have gotten in trouble for some of those parties actually, right? I think the police have visited this house at least once. <laughs> well, Jeff had a friend who, uh, and you know, back when in the uh, early sixties. Uh, this was totally a no-no. People didn't smoke, but you couldn't do those things. And this kid was caught outside at one of these parties. Uh, one of the neighbors complained that he was hanging out in the woods there smoking. And the police came by. And, of course, Doc and I had no idea. We didn't even know what smoking was. <laughs> mm, I bet. Well, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know myself. But, um, yeah, we had some some good times there. Um, the neighborhood, the, the people that live right below us had five kids and um, I used to drive all of them plus your mom to school every morning in a tiny little red Fiat convertible. It was like a circus car. So that was one of my memories of living there. But um, it was just—it was just a very unusual house, and it always made me feel good when people would come by who had been in Japan during the war, and said, "Oh my God, I feel like I'm back in Japan," because the house is really built just like it. You know, it's very similar to a Japanese house. Mm. So it was exciting. I loved it. I still love it. <laughs> I'll never move. I'll always be there. So, so you spend a lot of your life living in this house that admittedly has basically no privacy um, and driving kids to school in this tiny car where everyone's crammed on top of each other. How do you think that affects the way you relate to people, the way you relate to your family in that you know everyone kind of grew up in the same space rather than uh, I think as it is today for a lot of people, uh, you know, in suburbia especially, everyone's got their own room and their own bathroom and everyone really has their own space. Well, even though the house was small, um, they did have a lot of space because we had a, a big outdoors surrounding us. And as far as privacy went, <clears throat> uh, even though the house is all glass, uh, People can't really look into it because of the topography, the way the houses are built. Uh, when we first moved in, the one little house next door is so remote, and we have uh, the fence and all, you know, keeping people can't see that way. And the street above us is so far up 
because I tried, you know, when, when we first looked at it, that's how I saw the house. We were looking at houses and I was on that street above and I looked down and I could just see the house. I couldn't look into it. I could just see it. So um, really, even though you say we lack privacy, well, we do if you come up and you stand on the deck and look in. But uh, for the most part, um, and the privacy too, because it was a small house, we all recognized each other's space. You know, the kids didn't just come rushing in and I would never just rush into their rooms. We'd always knock and be respectful. So even though we scrunched up in that little car, we were very respectful to each other when it came to privacy in the house. Mm. Well, nope. you, you'd, be, you'd be well prepared too then to live in a tiny New York apartment during coronavirus quarantine. Yeah, well, as long as I had a window. Windows are very important to me. Uh, yeah, I can live in a small space very easily myself. Um, and as I said, that there was plenty of room for the kids to run around outside, plenty of doors for them to go in and out. So I don't think that they ever felt confined. You'd have to ask your mom how she really felt growing up there. You know, I, I would hope. What I'm saying is they didn't, but I would hope they didn't. But, you know, the truth would have to come from them. So, Mama, I, I want to ask you something sort of totally, totally different, um, not about this house at all. So I'm watching this new TV show on Netflix called Unorthodox, which uh, you may have heard about. Yeah. Not only did I hear about it, I just finished reading the book. Yeah, so go ahead and ask. Oh, I'm really excited to read the book. But as you, I guess as you'll remember, in the first episode, she goes into a conservatory in Berlin, the main character who has left her life in Hasidic Williamsburg behind. She goes into a conservatory in Berlin and she hears this rehearsal and she says, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. She thinks it's a concert. It's sort of a really important moment for her. And it reminded me of how soothing and therapeutic classical music can be. And you are a lifelong lover, player, singer of classical music. And so I'm wondering, in this moment of great stress for a lot of people, what classical music are you listening to that's giving, um, giving you hope? Well, actually, it's interesting that you ask because I listened to a podcast called Aria One, and um, I choose whom, whoever is speaking that day or whatever opera they're featuring, I decide I'm going to listen to that opera today. And so for the first uh, week or so that I was up here, every day I would listen to another opera, and I just would get so involved in the opera, in the music, that that's all I could think about. And fortunately, some of these operas are long. I mean, I say fortunate because I had a lot of listening time. Mm. So um, I find um, just, you know, I, I certainly have certain composers who I love to listen to. Um, I just love listening to all of it. It's, it's just... The most therapeutic thing for me, music has always been such an important part of my life, whether it's opera or, or um, symphonic music or chamber music, whatever. I just love it. So, so what, do, do what you guys you... disagree 
on any composers. Like my grandma and I disagree a lot about Mahler. I love Mahler and she thinks Mahler is just too over the top and she can't deal with them. So are you guys aligned or do you have some kind of grandson, grandma beef? Well, I, what do you think, Matt? We like, we pretty much like the same operas, right? I think we like the same operas. Uh, I'm trying to think if we've ever seen an opera together that I really liked and that you didn't like or vice versa. I don't think so. And, you know, when we last went to the ballet, we liked the same pieces and we didn't like the same pieces. So I think we're pretty aligned. I do really, but maybe it's because you were so instrumental in forming my appreciation for music that I've really adopted your tastes. Well, that's that's very nice to hear. Uh, That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm thanking you uh, because I feel it's a compliment that you've adopted my taste. You so, know, that you felt my taste was important enough that you liked it and you got along with it. Well, you um, you have excellent you have excellent taste. So, Mama, what is the? Our, I guess our last question for you, though, because you didn't completely answer my last question. Uh, you know, what is the last opera that you listened to? Uh, you listen to a lot of operas every week, but what's the last one that you listen to that maybe are thousands and thousands of listeners out there, if they want to get a taste of some wonderful classical music, can uh, can take a listen to? I'm just trying to remember. Was It, it was either the Dialogue of the Carmelites or it was uh, Cenerentola, which is a takeoff on Cinderella. I think it was Cenerentola, which is an interesting opera. But... Um, Oh, I don't know. I just, what I really would like to try to find, and I think I can do it because so much more successful now are some more contemporary operas. Um, it was one, it was, oh gosh, I'm so bad with names. It was written by a woman and um, it was called, oh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm just stumbling all over with this. But try uh, La Chandrantola. That's That's a good one. All right. I don't think you've heard that. Try that I have one. not heard it. And listeners, you heard it here first. Chenarantola, take a listen to it. Okay. Well, Mama, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so wonderful. I know you are you are perhaps our most loyal listener, and so we are thrilled to have you on the show and hope to have you back soon. Well, thank you so much, and just keep up this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful programs that you're doing for all of us. It's great. (laughs) Thank you so much for the compliment. All right, Mom, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Bye. Bye. Adam, we've got to get your grandparents on the show. Oh, I think I muted Adam. Adam, I think you're muted. Wow. I did it. No, you better. All right, good job. I'm I'm acting like a... uh, yeah, a nincompoop. I was going to say that the last opera that I did not see, but I wanted to see, was not actually at the Met, although I did really want to see Philip Glass's Akhenaten. But there oh, was an so opera at... down on that. So the, disappointing. But there was an opera at the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art, actually, in kind of one of those grand spaces um, with the facade of the second... 
federal bank or something, you know, that, that big space all the way at the back of the museum. And, um, they were going to do the mother of us all, which is a opera about Susan B. Anthony and the women's suffrage movement. And it is actually by Gertrude Stein and Virgil Thompson. Um, so if people are looking for a kind of funky, more contemporary opera, um, in that it's like more modern 20th century, but beginning of the 20th century. I highly recommend that. It's kind of goofy, but maybe that's what we need. I like that idea. I like that idea. Adam, I I really like that I live with a fellow classical music lover, but I've got to spend more time listening to classical music, I have to say. And of course, I will shout out my favorite radio show of all time, which is New Sounds. I have tried to start to get Catherine to listen to it before bed. Um, She's not convinced that it's great. Um, I actually think she really doesn't like it, but, but I'll, I'll make progress. Slowly she'll learn to love weird Scandinavian, you know, tuba music. (laughs) We'll keep working on it. And, uh, look forward to seeing you, uh, seeing you back here sometime uh, next week. Yeah. Enjoy your beans, Adam. I will. And our guest tomorrow is going to talk about dating virtually. So I feel like it's good that you and I are, you know, getting the kinks out of our system, but they'll probably have some good advice for us too. I can't Help wait. Keep the spark alive. I can't wait. See you soon, Adam. Bye-bye. This has been Coronapod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.